Father, I ask for you just to take the mic, Lord. Allow us to see how you want us to use the talents you've given us in the work that it needs when we're out in the community giving exams. For Christ's sake, amen. <clears throat> so pretty much going to continue on with what Brad was talking about in diabetic retinopathy, but from a different twist. Basically for early detection in our settings of amen free clinics, which is going to be slightly different than in your clinical settings. And we're going to talk about specifically the single field fundus photography versus the seven field and the optos and everything else because we are in a modified situation. We're in amen clinics. So we're going to think a little differently, but still have some of the resources that you would have in your own basic clinic. Again, this is who I am. And if you notice anybody here, who cares? There you go. That's all I had to say. There you go. Okay. My, uh, there aren't in, uh, any financial endorsements by mankind. My endorsements are all from up above. And so I'm not paid by anybody here. Basically, we want to start with just basic diabetic retinopathy 101 in a different way because Brad did a wonderful job of giving us the classifications of diabetic retinopathy, so I don't want to repeat any of that. What I'm basically going to talk about pretty much is just that close to 10% of the population are diabetics out there, children and adults alike. Approximately 1.7 million are diagnosed every year, so it's not a condition or a di uh, disease that's going to go away. It just keeps getting worse, especially with the diet that we have. <clears throat> There's about 12% Hispanics and the African Americans, so my minorities make up quite a bit of the uh, population that suffer from diabetes out there and they'll come in the community. It can occur, diabetic retinopathy can occur at any, any age as we know, uh, and it is a leading cause of preventable blindness is what I'm really harping on when it comes to community-free clinics and diabetes because it is preventable. And, and it is, as Brad mentioned, uh, impairment in the working age of the Americans. So the survey shows that of over uh, 40 years of age, as what Brad mentioned before also, that we'll have diabetic retinopathy, and a lot of times they're unaware of the changes that they're having inside. And then generally after the 10 years, there's, he had 80%, my study showed 75, but doesn't matter the numbers, somatics. The, the thing is, is that after 10 years, most people will have some form of diabetic retinopathy that we need to pay attention to. And of course, as we know, in stages, no symptoms until the very late stages when there's really much not else we can do for effective, for effective treatment. So that's why early diagnosis and detection is really the key. And that's what we're going for in our community settings with Amen Free Clinics. So 90% of the vision loss, if we're caught early and treated, can be prevented from vision loss if we just catch it and treat it. And uh, the studies show that about 60% of the diabetics they actually do receive some form of an examination to some degree, but what we're trying to do in our screenings, our goals is that we want to identify, treat, educate, and manage. That's the biggest thing that we're doing in our free clinics. Before, we have irreversible vision loss with our patients. So some of the diabetic facts that we all know also is that it's money. It takes a lot of money to first diagnose the diabetes, costs a lot of money for direct care of diabetic patients, and just as much money for indirect care with people going on uh, disabilities and work loss and everything else. So it's, money's involved throughout the whole cycle of diabetes. And a no-brainer, the worse severity of the diabetic retinopathy and vision loss, the higher the insurance cost 
for us and for everybody else. So that's just a no-brainer. So I showed here that some of the initial screenings can cost slightly over $100 for just the initial screening. For some people who don't have it, that's a lot of money still. And then once we do have early detected retinopathy, well, now we're looking at about $800 per person. And then once it gets to the severity point of severe retinopathy, we're looking at over $12,000 per person. And that's what we're trying to prevent it from getting to this point and even that point. So we have to remember, again, about one-third of the diabetic patients will have some form of diabetic retinopathy when they're coming to our free clinics, not your routine eye exam, your clinic at home, your private practice. We're talking strictly in the community right now. So obvious solution is prevention, of course. Detect and treat before it even gets to that point, how we can help the patients to, this, to prevent vision loss. Okay, I know you guys, I'm singing to the choir, you know, because I'm, I'm, I'm preaching right here to you, because you know this already. You do this every day with your patients in your private practice. So I created what we're going to call an I-team. We're going to identify, treat, educate, and manage. So we're now called the I-team. Right? And we want to do this in early detection with our screening programs so that we can catch the patients for appropriate referrals before they have vision loss. That's the whole thing. So we're going to do this through single field photography, and we're going to utilize the AMEN free clinics for these diabetic screenings that we want to do for early detection education so that we can reduce progression and preserve sight for the patients that come to AMEN free clinics. So a little bit of history about photography. Uh, retinal photography was introduced way back in the mid-1800s, so they had some form of photography at that point, and as everything else evolves, it has evolved greatly. Um, Retinal camera, basically, again, anatomy of the retina, just takes the superficial layers out there with basic photography. And the typical camera will give you about that much angle back there, except for the wide view that Brad was just mentioning. Again, this is for a screening purpose that we'll use in the community, so it's going to give us a little bit different than the optos that we would use in, inside a clinic. I wish we could have an optos to travel with us. It would be beautiful. Mm. That would. They are the Daytona. The Daytona. If we could get grant for that, it would be ideal. But that's what eighty-five thousand. They're coming down. The the moving of it. Yeah, and that's all we do. All right. So the advantages of some of the newer models out there, uh, of course, a non-midriatic. You don't have to worry about the dilating drops. Some of them have an automatic eye alignment. If you've seen a VSP camera that's on their mobile van, it really lines the patient up and everything. You just push a button and don't do anything. It lines it up and snaps the photo for you and everything. And it's really improving how we're doing diabetic eye care generally everywhere with just having the photography. And of course, the red free. Unfortunately, the, the camera that we have that we're carrying with us does not have this feature, and I wish it did. And I told that to the company, so maybe perhaps they'll have that as an addition or a filter to put in or something that will help with the red-green. So what got me interested in wanting to do something in regards to this is I came across this study from the American Academy of Ophthalmology. And basically they were doing is they were evaluating whether single-field fundus photography can be used as a screening tool to identify retinopathy. Well, it seems like it should be. It's just a no-brainer. But they actually did research to, to show this, so I wanted to read their research. And their conclusion was is that nothing is a substitute for a complete comprehensive exam, which we all know and which we say at, the ex at our free clinics. However, it is evidence that it can serve as a screening tool for diabetic retinopathy to identify patients 
and then for referral for evaluation and management, which is the whole basis of a free clinic in the community, in my opinion. We're there to identify to tr and to educate the patients of what's going on and then put them in the appropriate hands for treatment and referrals. That's what I want the vision eye care department to be for Pathway or Amen or anybody else in the community. Because a lot of times the patients don't have time to sit and talk to the doctor or afraid to talk to the doctor to, to, to learn that anymore. So this is our chance to really educate with them, showing a picture of their eye versus an eye out of the textbook out of Google. That's my really big push. So the advantages of a single field um, photography is that it's very easy to use, just one particular photograph, it's convenient, and we're able to detect something in this setting that we have in these free clinics. So the early treatment diabetic retinopathy study, a little bit more intensive like what Brad was bringing to a view for us, it involved the seven field standard uh, stereoptic fundus photographies and they used the Arley House uh, classification and it required skilled photographers, dilated pupils, and film at this time. So it was very intense for them to do any kind of photography using this study. And, and in this particular classification, I mean, it, it's, it's seven fields with 13 complex levels, you know, all the way up to level 85 to determine the degree of, of diabetic retinopathy. In our setting, I just want to find if they have it and educate the patient the importance of getting that monitored and move on as far as letting them understand what's going on. So it doesn't have to be this intense at our community settings. So again, the seven fields, Brad had a better picture than I did for this and identifying how they take the different shots and put them all together for that and compared to the one single field that we take out in the field in the communities. So advantages, again, it's just easy, one shot. Actually, we do two or three just to have the doctor compare a couple of shots versus just one. Uh, the convenience of it, the ability to detect retinopathy if it's there in that central field, um, uh, potential to improve the quality of our screening because that's what really we do as a modified screening exam. And then we can see so many patients at one event, which of course you know is the bottom line at the screenings, is to see as many people as we can reach. And so and then the advantage is again, quick and easy, larger field, dilation's not required, patients like that, and we can actually keep the photos in a data bank and uh, use them over time because believe it or not, we go to the same cities, we see the same people. They use us for their annual exams, and that's scary to me, because if I have a diabetic patient and we don't have a camera, I'm asking them to go get seen, and when I see them next year, oh yeah, I saw you, I, I saw you last year. Well, did you go to the doctor like I said? No, 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 I knew you would be back this year. That's scary. So at least with the camera, I think that gives us a little bit more confidence to take that picture, look in the back, and give them a little bit more education, try to get them to understand the importance of having that complete exam, <coughs> that this is not replacing your complete annual exam. All right, so the disadvantage of the photography, of course, it's two-dimensional. Uh, it doesn't give us the depth. Sometimes the cataracts will interfere and artifacts will interfere with the actual picture. And then the portability <coughs> for most, like the Daytona, you don't want to travel with that. And then the cost of the camera itself eh, can be a little pricey for that. But I find that the, the, the least expense, inexpensive one I found so far is about nine to 10,000. Right. So again, the standard of care, we will never ever ignore or deviate away from the standard of care for diabetic patients, which is a complete eye exam that includes dilation. That will never be uh, replaced. So to bring it back to a little bit of life here, this is what we did in, in Detroit in the Motor City for Amen Clinic that we had there. So this was the first time we had a camera on site. It was loaned to us. We did a 10 
question survey of the patients prior to taking the photo. So we had 67 diabetic patients that were seen, identified as diabetic on the form. So if we had some that didn't identify, we, we did not know. Uh, out of that, we had 61% were female. And we had the majority were African-American at this location. The last eye exam was over two years, the majority of the patients. And the last dilated exam was also greater than two years. So again, are there primary physicians speaking to them at all and referring them yearly exams, or do they even go yearly even to the physicians? Okay. How long have you been diagnosed with diabetes? Well, more than 10 years. So we both had said that after 10 years, there's a 75 to 80% chance that they're going to have some kind of retinopathy after 10 years. And that's evident there. And then what medications? Most of them were just taking uh, uh, any type of pills that they admitted to. And we had 16% that weren't taking anything. And last eye exam, if it's been more than two years, what would you say is the main reason why you haven't had your eyes checked? Of course, the biggest thing is lack of insurance. And the second is the cost of the exam, in their opinion. And then um, transportation to and from a clinic. And this is what I thought was cool. And they didn't think it was a priority, why they didn't have an exam done. So again, a communication between, as Brad ended his his talk, the communication between us, the primary physicians and everything else is really key for these patients that are diabetic. And then they have been told, I am, I don't know if I believe the results on this one quite so much because it's kind of high for people to say that they, they were told all the effects, but yet they still don't come and get their eyes checked or dilated or anything else. So I don't know if they just said that just to say that because we asked that question. Uh, when we actually do this survey next year, I got to think of a better question to see if I can understand. So if you guys have any good research questions, please let us know because I don't quite like that one. I don't think that results are right. And then which health insurance do they have? Well, most of them had nothing. And so that's why they weren't going and getting their eyes evaluated or checked because they just didn't have it and they already said that it was too expensive for them. And then the likelihood of having an exam from now on, of course they're going to say that in front of us. They're, yeah, of course I'll get my eyes checked. You're sitting right here in front of me. All right, so this is what I said the I team, circle of orange. I already said that before. We're going to identify, treat, educate, and manage, circle of orange. And why the color orange? I'm just a happy person. Orange comes out to be full of joy, full of change, health. So some of the key words that have described orange is basically why I just wanted to come up with something that helps fit that also. So the Circle of Orange basically is a pilot program that I'm trying to institute for next year where we're going to link the Amen Free clinics. So if you've heard, there's approximately 60 clinics that have been slated for next year. And that through those 60 clinics, we have one camera. So we're going to pick the camera that has the largest number of providers, hint. So the largest number of providers, so the more patients will be surveyed and, and, and researched. Uh, and we're going to link together them with the volunteer eye care providers that attend the clinics as well as local community eye care providers, and I'll explain that in a minute. And the mission for the eye team Circle of Orange, identify, treat, educate, and manage people with diabetes who are at risk of vision loss over an 18-month period. And I say 18th month because we're going to have clinics from January to December, but those patients seen in December, I would still like to follow up for six months, which would take it to the 18th month point. And our subjects will be all diabetic patients that are registered for services at an amen-free clinic, not just those for eye care. I would like to position the camera someplace where every patient who is identified as diabetic will be screened. And that way we can really capture everybody. 
They might also have uh, availability next year to have A1C screenings besides just the blood sugar. So if the blood sugar is elevated to a point past the criteria, they will have A1C at the same time. So I want the camera close to medical maybe even so that everybody that is identified as diabetic will have this screened, not just those coming to vision. So identify, this is the camera unit here. So we're gonna utilize this portable camera to take that single field fundus photography shot. Um, this particular gentleman is the technician who's learning how to use it right now. Uh, this is my nephew, and my nephew is basically learning how to be an optician through the program we have in Fort Worth. And so he's adapted how to take the camera shots and has been practicing so that we'll be proficient next year. And this is the camera. This actually was developed by some, I think, ophthalmologists in India. And the body here comes apart and is stored in a case that can be put in your overhead compartment. And then everything else breaks down and puts in another suitcase. So this completely breaks down and can travel in two suitcases. Completely durable. Huh? Yeah, just can go on your overhead. Oh, just like a regular pull trail, uh, suitcase. And this is very, very durable. Unfortunately, we found out firsthand uh, this got dropped and it still works. Extremely durable. Extremely, and they even said that. They said that it was designed and manufactured for that because they use it. They said in India they would put it on the back of a, a bikes and take it out to areas and use it. Right. So then at the clinic on site, I would like to, after the uh, identify, we have a provider actually uh, review the pictures in Detroit. This isn't a, um, a live one, it's off Google, but in Detroit, we had the three doctors that, that were there practicing, four doctors. When they had a patient that was diabetic, it was identified on their exam form, and they just went to take a look at the images on the camera, and then came back and discussed it with the patient. So every diabetic patient that was identified in that survey, that was evaluated on site by the doctor. Of course, just to go through typical medical records, we will have a form that we'll use next year for those that have pictures taken so we can properly document because as you know, anything that's not recorded was never done. So we want to make sure that it's documented that we saw and looked in the back of the side in the single field shot. And treatment. So anybody that needs treatment, what I would like to do with this I-Team Circle of Orange is that I would like to identify providers within a five or 10 mile radius of the clinic where it's going to be so that if there's treatment is needed, we've already contacted them ahead of time to see whether or not they would be willing to take our patients on for treatment. So I want to recruit within a 10 mile radius any private practice, group practice, or health clinic. And I want to ask them that if we have patients that we identify with retinopathy, you know, would they be willing to see them in a frequency? And if they don't have any retinopathy at all, maybe still six months for that routine dilated exam because we're never going to step away and ignore that standard of care. And of course, a lot of patients who attend these clinics, as you know, have insurance. Some of them do have insurance. Not everybody is without. So if they have insurance and the clinics are willing to you know, um, file, that's totally up to them. We're not going to say no. But I do want to find one or two providers that would be willing to be part of our circle of orange so when we do identify patients, we can refer them. So if we have a few, three, four, or five providers, you know, they might only get one or two people. It's not like they're going to get 30. They're not going to get 60. It's going to be just a few that will actually have diabetic retinopathy or need the screenings. And the treatment that will be totally into them to do the medical insurance, the professional courtesy to be part of this um, 
What we're trying to do is really make this a research program. We're actually trying to seek Alcon and other monies to help grant this uh, program for next year. And so if we do get granted anything, we could even offer to be uh, help with the cost for treatment for the patients that we identify that really do have vision-threatening retinopathy in the back of the eye. And then we want to educate. We have that circle of orange. We also have nurse practitioners that are involved in that circle, not just optometrists, who are willing to make phone calls to these patients. And we want to give them general diabetic facts and education. We want them to be completely informed. So we want to give them general information. We want to give them information on how to properly take their medication and when to take their medication. I say that because one nurse practitioner I was speaking to, this is what she does right now at one of the hospitals in Fort Worth. And she said that one guy came in for uh, evaluation before he had been discharged from the hospital, and his sugar was ridiculously high. And she's like, did you take your insulin today? And he said, yeah, I took it today. And it was still you know, elevated above 250. And she's like, how can it be so high if you took your insulin? Show me how you took your insulin. Oh, I just did this and shot. Well, he's so big, he didn't realize he shot his shirt and didn't shoot himself. So even something that simple, just to communicate with the patients to see whether or not they're taking their medication properly and at the proper time. And then to record it properly. She's really big on this. She's a great person that's going to be an asset to the circle of orange because she likes to educate how to properly even log your numbers so that when you go to your provider, they're fully informed of what's going on with your sugar. Then we want to actually give them a personalized diabetic diet plan that will encourage them to eat right to also affect their overall um, blood sugar level and control. And then the exercise program, we want to personalize it. We want to find out what they like to do. Again, all this will be just done with that, those people we're identifying. Because if you tell me, let's, let's, let's plan an exercise program. In my mind, I think this, and I think this, and I think this, and I don't want to exercise. So let's find a way that they would enjoy exercising and what they like to do. Maybe a simple walk around a park, we can encourage that's exercise. But anything else more strenuous, they're going to immediately tune you out because that's what I do. And then, of course, we want to educate spiritually also. If they're around a local church where they are doing uh, Diabetes Undone or to include any other glow tracks or anything else that we can uh, feed to them and filter to them for that spiritual education also. And then to manage them, we want to manage them, again, through our circle of orange, 3, 6, and 12 months, either through a text, an email, a telephone call, just to encourage them along this way to make sure that they're keeping up with their appointments. So we want to make sure that they're keeping up with their, day, with their scheduled dilations with the providers and any other treatment that that provider has. So it's going to be a big working network between the I-team, and the local providers and the patient. This is what we would like to do. So at the end, we can see if we kind of hold hands with that patient, did we help them all? Did they, did they get things, uh, their exam done? Did they understand diabetes? Did they even take better control of their sugar and managing their sugar? We just want to see what this would do if we just gave them a little bit more education and a little bit more follow through than just saying, you have this and go. Okay. So in summary, this, there is evidence that a single field fundus photography is a screening tool, and that's how all that we're seeing it as, as a screening tool to identify patients with retinopathy for referral. And we just want to take that referral a little bit further and help manage that patient for at least six, uh, 12, 18 months to see if they can continue on after that with that proper education. So our iTeam Circle of Orange is a network of healthcare providers. We want to personalize 
diabetic eye care so we can reduce vision loss. We just want to work together as a team. So I guess the bottom line is, is all of these findings illustrate that there is a tremendous need for uh, community-based diabetic retinopathy programs, surveillance programs. And that's what AMEN is striving to be. So are you willing? Thank you. This media was brought to you by Audioverse, a website dedicated to spreading God's word through free sermon audio and much more. If you would like to know more about Audioverse, or if you would like to listen to more sermons, please visit www.audioverse.org.